a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn. You still What is up, folks? Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if this is your first time with us, then welcome. Um, we're excited to have you, and I really hope that you enjoy what we got for you today. So what I have for y'all is just a brief introspective into the Jedi Order. Um, it's just going to be a little comprehensive dive into the history, the structure, the guidelines, and significant components of these um these amazing people and i think that y'all are really gonna enjoy it i hope y'all do uh if y'all want me to go deeper into any of these topics please just let me know you can send me an email through our website or you can comment on our instagram page comment on our youtube videos any of that stuff just let me know i want to cater this podcast to what y'all want um and we're going to be going we're going to be covering the jedi order up until Revenge of the Sith, so that's episode three, uh, mainly because most of the canon knowledge that we have about Jedi kind of end around there, and we go into more um, unorthodox Jedi moving forward, like Luke and Rey, um, that are, don't necessarily follow the, uh, the strict dogmatic doctrine that the Jedi of the prequel era followed. So we're just going to be going from essentially the beginning of it up until about 19 BBY and just a little um, little lesson in Star Wars chronology. Whenever I'm talking about dates, dates in Star Wars are essentially, uh, they, they use episode four, which is the first movie that came out as a reference point, um, as essentially year zero. So anything before that is going to be BBY or before the Battle of Yavin. Anything after that is going to be ABY or after the Battle of Yavin. It's essentially kind of like a BC, AD uh, unit of measurement, but for the Star Wars universe. Um, so with all that said, let's dive right into this today. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! Welcome back to ARC Trooper training, folks, and our introspective into the Jedi Order. So, first of all, let's just answer the question. What is a Jedi? For those of you who don't know, so what Jedi were were a essentially a group of warrior monks that adhere to a strict doctrine known as the Jedi Code, which I'll go into more later. They were peacekeepers and guardians of the Republic, and they were followers of a mystical energy field known as the Force. Uh, they referred to the light side of this Force as Ashla whenever they first discovered that they could tap into it, and it afforded the Jedi many powers. Uh, including but not limited to at all telepathy so they could read other people's minds telekinesis they could move things with their minds precognition they could see things before they happened and enhanced reflexes meaning they could move faster or think faster than most beings moving right along a kind of basic timeline of the jedi order once again up until episode three revenge of the sith would be about twenty-five thousand bby so way 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 back the Jedi Order was founded, uh, and depending on what sources you read, this could either have been on Titan or Octo. I have seen more stuff saying Titan, which is a deep core world, um, meaning it's at kind of the very center of the galaxy. And that is actually, uh, if you've watched 
anything so far and gotten to the Mandalorian, Titan is actually, uh, it's featured in the Mandalorian season two, which is pretty exciting. And Octo would be the, uh, the island planet that Luke Skywalker is on in the sequel trilogy. Um, and just, I forgot to say, standard warning. There are going to be mild spoilers. I'm not going to give away any, like, major plot. Well, I might actually. So if you haven't watched the movies at this point, maybe don't listen. Or if you don't care, I'm not going to be going into too much depth about them. I'm just going to be kind of hitting plot points. And that's about it. So moving forward, we have a big jump of time uh, to 1032 BBY, which is when the Jedi defeat the Sith, quote-unquote. And I'm going to be doing an introspective into the Sith after this. But essentially, in between that like 24,000-year gap, there was a schism within the Jedi Order and people between those who uh, followed the light side and the dark side. Those who followed the dark side ended up congregating and being known as the Sith. Um, but after a long period of conflict, the Jedi finally, quote-unquote, defeated the Sith. The Sith really defeated themselves, but I'll talk about that later. And the Republic was essentially restored, and there was a long period of relative peace within the galaxy. And this is, we, we take a big gap to around 300 to 100 BBY, which is the High Republic era, which is kind of the golden age for the Jedi, which is kind of like... Um, the the kind of like almost uh like Camelot for the Jedi it was like the Knights of the Round Table, but um, I don't know much about this era. J- Disney is just now rolling out a lot of content about this era, and I'm super excited to get to dive into that. I haven't read any of it yet, but once I do, I'll definitely uh, catch y'all up on what I learn, and then we move into the movie era. So this is around the prequels. So in 32 BBY, which is when the Phantom Menace takes place, Anakin Skywalker is found by Qui-Gon Jinn. He is expected to be the Chosen One. 22 BBY is during Attack of the Clones, which is 10 years after the Phantom Menace. And essentially, this is when the Clone Wars begins. And then 19 BBY is Revenge of the Sith. This is where our timeline is going to end. And this is when Order 66 happens and the Empire is founded. And that is essentially where the timeline for the prequel era Jedi comes to a close. Okay, so that's all I have for the timeline. That's very basic. I went through it pretty fast. So once again, if y'all want me to go over any other periods more in depth, let me know. But this is just a brief, basic introspective into the Jedi Order. So moving right along, if we go into the hierarchy of the Order, there are a few different levels. So you start out as an initiate, this is when uh, you're around a toddler and you're just kind of, you're growing up essentially. There's not much training going on. You're just growing up. Youngling. This is when you get split into clans, which are essentially like little classes of uh, young Jedi. And this is when you start your initial training. You don't get your lightsaber yet, but uh, until the, the tail end of being a youngling. But uh, you do start training in combat, meditation, all that good stuff. As a Padawan, in between Padawan and Youngling, you both obtain your lightsaber crystal and go through a set of trials to uh, ensure that you're ready to move on to the next level. As a Padawan, you're paired with either a master or a knight 
to kind of have a one-on-one bond and um, kind of learn on a more intimate level the ways of the Force and the ways of the Jedi. Then once you uh, surpass another round of trials, again, I can go into these more in depth in another episode, you will uh, go to the rank of Knight, which are adult Jedi who have, once again, undergone the trials. Then, should you be a knight that takes on a Padawan, and you train them all the way up to knighthood, you will become a Jedi Master, and you will be eligible to sit on the Jedi Council, who are the leading Masters of the Order. And then we get into kind of more specific titles within these ranks. So, Grand Master is the leading Jedi Master, known to be the wisest in the Order. For the prequel era Jedi, this was Yoda. Even if you haven't watched Star Wars, you know who Yoda is. Then there's Master of the Order, who's the leader of the Council. It's usually the Grand Master, but during the Clone Wars, it kind of flip-flopped between Yoda and Mace Windu to kind of ease the burden of war and not have it concentrated on one individual. And then lastly, uh, there's Battlemaster, and this is the head lightsaber instructor within the Order and they're in charge of kind of training up all of the younglings and some of the Padawans as they learn to use their lightsabers. And so during the prequel era, this was Sindralig. He was also in charge of Jedi Temple security. And so that's a very basic run-through of the hierarchy of the Jedi Order. So moving right along, I mentioned the Jedi Code early on. And so I'm just going to read you the code real fast. So there is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is the force. So I'm just going to run through a few things that can be extrapolated from that code that the Jedi adhered to. One was no romantic attachments. This kind of ties into that there is no emotion and there is no passion clauses of this. And essentially the reason for this was Jedi were supposed to be very objective. They were supposed to be able to be compassionate, but they were supposed to be able to act in a way that was beneficial for a collective, not for an individual. So to have a romantic attachment to one person could cloud their judgment because they're more enthralled in wanting that individual to be safe rather than like if, if their loved one was on one side of a room about to be exploded and a group of civilians was on the other side of the room about to be exploded objectively you should save the most lives possible but the jedi might try to save their loved one rather than the group of civilians so that was in theory why that's a very mild example i mean if you watch the movies you understand why Uh, kind of the snowball effect that the romantic attachments could have for the Jedi, but uh, that that was just a non-spoilery way of putting it. Jedi tried to use violence as a last resort, even though they have their lightsabers, which are awesome. I'm going to do a whole episode on lightsabers. Uh, They try to be as... they're, They're peacekeepers, first and foremost, so they're not supposed to be violent inherently. So only as a last resort when they themselves or other people are put into danger, will they resort to violence? Uh, once again, emotions betray objectivity, so they try they try to center themselves and keep themselves from feeling uh, feelings of anger, feelings of fear, 
because their emotions uh, betray them. They don't, they don't show them an objective truth. And so they tried to uh, stray away from those, which I'll talk about in another episode, why that is pretty unhealthy. Um, there were three pillars that they adhered to within the Jedi Order. Those are pillars of the Force, knowledge, and self-discipline, which knowing with, within the context of what I've already told y'all, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious why those three would be central to the Order. Force being what the, the source of their power, the source of how they obtain knowledge and keep the peace. Knowledge being constantly... Um, growing in their connection to the force and figuring out new ways to um, utilize it to protect those around them, which is, it's kind of ironic because they were extremely uh, dogmatic and uh, adverse to change, even though the the pillar of knowledge was uh, one of their main tenets. And the last one is self-discipline, which kind of falls into the category of really suppressing your emotions in order to maintain your objectivity. And then their main way of uh, storing knowledge were holocrons and those were essentially little cubes that stored data and they had a vault of them in their library and it was they were held very sacred information very um exclusive information that were only available to masters uh or to knights with uh, express permission and so to wrap this up, I'm just going to go through some key members during the um, prequel era and then some key worlds across all of the movies. So some key members, Anakin Skywalker, first and foremost, the chosen one, which I will I, I'm going I'm planning on having an entire episode over the prophecy of the chosen one and my feelings on how the movies treated George Lucas's original vision um, Yoda, who is the Grandmaster, little green guy, if you don't know who Yoda is, he's kind of known as the wisest. He's about 900 years old during the movies, give or take. Uh, so he's been around around for a second in his first rodeo, and he's, uh, he's, he's kind of the head honcho around the Order. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker's master and uh, kind of one of the most integral Jedi within the Order. He's super interesting. I, once again, th- there are a lot of these things that it's like I could do another episode over. Um, and I could honestly do a whole episode over Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's getting his own Disney Plus series coming up here in a sec. He's one of my favorites. And yeah, what's not to love about Kenobi? Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker's son. Um, he is kind of, I didn't talk really at all about him because he is kind of confined to the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. So he's one of the most powerful though. It's really cool. And I really hope that we learn more about him through Disney's canon because there's a lot, lot, lot about him in Legends that I just, I don't, I don't know that I could learn all of it for y'all. But I'm really excited to see where they'll take his character moving forward. Mace Windu, my favorite Jedi, my favorite character in general. He's got a purple lightsaber. He's awesome. Uh, Master of the Order for a time during the Clone Wars. Uh, One of the most powerful. He had an interesting power called Shatterpoint, which allowed him to locate uh, an opponent or an object's weakness and 
kind of exploit that. Uh, he walked a line between the light side and the dark side, never giving in, but always uh, kind of tapping into the maximum amount b- before uh, tipping himself fully over. He had a unique lightsaber fighting style that was actually close to one that the Sith used, but it was tweaked in such a way that, once again, he wouldn't give himself over. He's just an awesome character, and yeah, I can, I'll can i be talking a lot about him in a lot of these episodes. Ahsoka Tano is... Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. And she comes into play only really in the Clone Wars. Uh, that's at least where we meet her. And she's one of the most interesting characters, I think, in all of Star Wars. She starts out really bratty, but uh, she has such amazing development. Go back, if you haven't already, listen to my roadmap through the Clone Wars, watch the Clone Wars. That being said, if you haven't watched any of these, go back, listen to my first three episodes, watch the movies and the shows, and then come back to me and I'll keep talking at you. That's the first step if you're diving into Clone Wars. Watch all the stuff. It'll take you a sec, but it's worth it to get into this, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody. So go ahead, watch them, and uh, take this journey with me. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Super interesting character. He's my favorite part of the Phantom Menace. He's the Jedi that discovered the key to immortality, which is huge. And I'm going to go into a lot about the Force in other videos, and I think I'm going to talk more about that later, but he was very attuned to the Living Force, which a lot of Jedi weren't. Um, And yeah, he's kind of just a Jedi hippie, and he's awesome. And I really appreciate him. And I, I really couldn't make... I, I couldn't mention key members without mentioning Ray. I'm not going to say much else. I'll make many other videos about the sequels and just my thoughts about them. Maybe some... I've got a bad feeling about this is, but, you know, it's, who's to say? Some key worlds, which are mainly temple locations or planets with... Strong connections to the Force. Uh, Coruscant was one, which was a central world in the core region. This was kind of the, this not kind of, this was the capital of the Republic. Kind of the uh, central hub for trade and commerce throughout the galaxy because there were a lot of hyperspace routes that intersected with it. And the main Jedi Temple during the prequel area, or the prequel era, was stationed there. Ilum is an ice planet that the Jedi used uh, their source of kyber crystals. Kyber crystals are the crystals that um, power Jedi's lightsaber. They are attuned to the Jedi and to the Force, and that is how, um, essentially, they create their uh, unique and distinctive weapons. Titan, which I mentioned earlier in this video, was allegedly, depending on what source you look at, the birthplace of the Jedi Order. It's in the deep core, and it is um, essentially a very, it has a very strong connection to the Force. There were several ancient temples built there, and uh, the Seeing Stone, I think that's what it was called, as we see in the Mandalorian. Uh, The next one is Octo, which is the planet that Luke Skywalker goes to in the sequel trilogy. It has According to canon, one of the first Jedi temples there. It is located, actually, 
close to the unknown regions and kind of the western extent of the outer rim. I didn't know that. I'm looking at one of my sources right now. It's called simply the Star Wars book. It's awesome. I uh, would highly recommend it. Uh, and then finally, we have Lothal, which is a major player in Rebels. It had both kind of a... Um, it, well, first of all, it had a temple. Second of all, it had kind of a force vergence that allowed you to kind of go between time and space. It's a really freaky thing. It's kind of it's called the world between worlds. I don't know much about it, but I'm happy to learn more and um, tell y'all more about it in another episode. But yeah, that's also in the outer rim, um, kind of close to Edu and Kajimi, which y'all might not remember, but those are from Rise of Skywalker and um, blanking Rogue One, one of my favorite movies. I'm just kind of out of it. But that's all I have for my little introspective into the Jedi. So, of course, this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with a little bit more. So, I don't know if y'all have watched the movies yet. Um, if y'all have, hopefully y'all remember, and if y'all haven't, be on the lookout for it. But in episode four, A New Hope, which is the first movie you should watch if you follow my advice... There's a crate dragon skeleton on Tatooine, kind of at the very beginning of the movie, whenever C-3PO and R2 uh, crash land on there in an escape pod. And they filmed that in uh, that movie in the Saharan Desert in Tunisia, and that skeleton is actually still in the Tunisian desert to this day. So just a fun little tidbit there. Uh, that's all for this episode, folks. Thank y'all so much for listening. If y'all want to give us a follow on Instagram, we are at Twin Sun Talks, one word. Um, and if y'all want to find us on YouTube, subscribe to us. We are Twin Sun Talks Podcast. You've taken your first steps into a larger world, and I can't wait to be with y'all again in the next episode. Friends, may the force be with you, and until next time.